Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. makeup done uh it is time just doing the finishing touches of the outfit um seven o'clock it is time for this what is this i hear you say well i can tell you what this is this is a q a with yours truly jonathan styano um got some questions very happy to have interaction olivia's straight in with olivia uh, with interaction here saying hope i can watch live but not sure yet see you friday otherwise decaf for me i've found on replay the sound goes halfway through decaf for me look at that she's putting your order in that's good we've thought about that putting up putting, asking people what sort of drink they want so we've got it ready when they come but thank you for that olivia decaf crikey have we got decaf i'm pretty sure we have got decaf at the clinic um so if you um, have any questions, please chip in, and I would be very happy to uh, answer it live if I can. And, uh, you know, just please comment and share, as the as the thing says. So I've got some questions uh, preordained, and if you... Um, if you have an input on them or have anything new you want me to talk about, then please feel free to mention it. Straight in at number one, we've got LA versus GA for gynecomastia. Question for the Q&A. I see that some surgeon, nice to have a bit of gynecomastia on there. Thank you for a gynecomastia question. Um, I see that some surgeons seems to opt for local anesthetic rather than general for gynecomastia. They seem to advocate cheaper costs and better recovery. If it's that much better, why does everyone not choose that method? Any pros, cons in either method? Thanks in advance. What a good question. What a good question, that is. Wish I'd thought of that. Right, get yourself comfy there. Wheel yourself in. Um... Absolutely right. Now, any time one person says one thing's better, then you've got to think, why doesn't everyone do it that way? So LA for gynecomastia. Now, there's LA, as in local anesthetic, there's local anesthetic, which means an injection in the area to numb the area. That's sort of pure local anesthetic. And there's local anesthetic and sedation. Two different things, really. When you combine local anesthetic with sedation, it's a slightly different thing to just pure local anesthetic. So I would say that gynecomastia, pure LA, pure local anesthetic is pretty rare. So I have done revisions. I did one not that long ago, and I believe we videoed it. Should I put the link? Should I put the link and all that sort of stuff, shouldn't I? Anyway, you interested? Anyway, I believe we videoed it. What happens when I change my web page? Do I? Do you guys still see me? So, um, and that that was really just the revision. It's a patient who'd had gynecomastia correction already, and he had a little bit of um, breast tissue just behind the nipple. Um, which I then went and removed for him um, under local anesthetic. Now, that was pure local anesthetic, and that was obvious. Well, that was free because he didn't, uh, he had had surgery by me before, and I don't charge for um, revisions, and that was a revision. But uh, if, it, if it was a paid for procedure, it would have been a lot cheaper than a standard gynecomastia because that was under pure local anesthetic so that's just me and and uh, the patient and um oops and um it would have been a lot cheaper i think it was this one was it um not sure if it's this one but i, I think this looks like it could be the one um so that would have been a lot cheaper if it's under pure Back in the room. I don't know if I went then. Did I go? Did I go and come back? 
Um, oh, what is gynecomastia? Oh, God, right. I gotta, I'm not making sorry. I'm not. Uh, can I do this? Can I do this? Oh, here we go. Uh, here is here is the video. Actually, you may not want to watch this video um, because it's like of Gynecomastia and LA. Is that going in the chat? I think that's the video anyway. Um, gynecomastia, good question. What is gynecomastia? So gynecomastia is excess breast tissue in a male. So it's a male breast reduction. Gynecomastia correction is a male breast reduction. Man boobs, moobs, whatever you want to call it, excess breast tissue in a male um, is called gynecomastia. So men who don't like the, the, the having excess breast tissue then they have gynecomastia correction. So as I say, if it's just a tiny little bit of breast tissue behind the nipple, uh, you can do that under pure local anesthetic. In my experience, it's never that. That that That's only the, the one that I've posted there is just a patient who had had a little bit residual gynecomastia tissue after having full-on gynecomastia correction. So in my experience, gynecomastia correction needs a more extensive operation that can be done under pure LA. So, um, for me, gynecomastia correction is going to be either LA and sedation, which is also known as um, twilight anesthetic, if you've, if you've heard of that, or GA. And the there are definitely pros and cons of it. But one of the pros and cons of LA, LA and sedation versus GA is not... Um, is not cost. It is not cheaper to have it done under uh, LA and sedation than GA. And this occurs for other breast surgery, which needs LA and sedation. So cost is not a factor because it's the same price if you have LA and sedation slash twilight anesthetic, same thing, versus GA. The reason being that you still need an anesthetist. If you do pure LA, if you're just injecting local anesthetic, you don't need anesthetists. I, I, I do the local anesthetic. And it's just, as I say, it's just me. You don't need an anesthetist. You don't need an operating theater. You, or at least you don't need a, you know, a, 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 an anesthetic machine with a ventilator. You just have a, you have a, like we have a minor operating theater at the clinic. So we can do local anesthetic cases there, but um, we don't need a full-blown operating theater where general anesthetic cases are done. So um, LA and sedation is... Um, is different to um, pure LA. And uh, so I would say to you that, uh, so that, so cost isn't an issue in terms of LA and sedation versus GA. The main issue in terms of LA and sedation versus GA is patient selection. And when I talk to someone about surgery like gynecomastia like breast augmentation i usually talk about ga to be honest with you because it's a little bit uncomfortable it's quite invasive you're you're operating on quite a large area whether it be a male or a female breast although men say that the gynecomastia is just a little problem behind the nipple it's usually part of more of extensive area that you need to feather in if you just take the breast tissue from behind the nipple and you don't do anything else to the rest of the breast tissue in the man then you can end up with a dent and contour deformities. So usually what gynecomastia correction involves is cutting out that dense breast tissue, that glandular tissue behind the nipple, which is a localized thing, and then liposuction to the rest of the breast uh, to feather it in, to contour it, so you don't just get a sudden dent. And the liposuction is a little bit uncomfortable. It's a little bit uncomfortable. There's a bit of pushing and pulling. And is something that can be done at a local insulation, but the patient has to be up for it. The patient has to be on board with it because it is a little bit uncomfortable. And to be honest with you, um, you know, often it's just it's just as easy to do it under a GA. But there is less of a recovery. You do feel less of a hangover effect with a uh, LA and sedation. We tend to do it in theatre, in main theatre, so we can always com uh, convert to a GA if required. So you can have it done under LA, LA and sedation, but um, the default position, if you like, is a GA. 
and uh, mainly because it's a bit uncomfortable. So the pros and cons are it's a little bit, it can be a bit uncomfortable if you're under LA insulation, but the recovery is quicker. Um, having said that, the recovery after a GA or for a gynecomastia usually isn't too bad, but as I say, it is a bit worse than if you had LA insulation. And um, cost is not a factor. If you are talking to someone who is talking about pure LA, the, one of the sayings we've got in plastic surgery, or maybe it's just in the world, is if everything, if you all you've got is a hammer, everything looks like a nut. If, uh, why was I thinking about nuts? Everything looks like a nut. Can you hear what's going on behind me? I think the dog has just eaten the dinner off the dinner table. Sorry. If all you've got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, not a nut, a nail. We'll just, we'll just copy that bit out when we do it live yeah cut the nut bit out yeah um so you could be a bit careful if someone's just doing it under la it might be that they can only do it under la they haven't got any ga facilities they haven't got practicing privileges in a hospital where they can do ga that's what would worry me if someone's doing gynecomastia under pure local anesthetic having said that if they are doing it and they've got good results and they've got happy patients then who am i to say you know um it might be that it's okay to, to, to have it done um, like that, that way. So, um, yeah, I think we've, I think we've covered that. Julia Jeeves, thank you. What is going to go? Okay, you're very welcome. Helen's got a question. This is what we want. When Helen's done a double question. Look at that. Is it the same? When removing 15-month-old polyurethane implants for smooth implants, is it simple exchange or is it more involved? And can you do this? Finally, the prior given me the go-ahead to choose a surgeon. When removing, is it simple exchange? Or can you do the prior? Okay, so same question. Um, so uh, it is, uh, is it simple exchange? Well, um, it depends, Helen. It depends. And it depends on, number one, is the shape of your breasts are you happy with the shape of your breasts are you happy where your implants are sitting are you happy with how everything's looking because if you're happy with how everything's looking and it's just a pure exchange of implants in that one the implants out next implants in they're going to be about the same size um you know that that would be relatively simple the thing i think you're alluding to there is that polyurethane implants are difficult to remove so people worry about that they're not that difficult to remove they are a little bit more difficult to remove them silic uh, than silicone implants so they are a little bit more difficult to remove, but it's not that bad. So I wouldn't worry too much about the difficult to remove thing. Um, the, that's fine. Um, but uh, you have got to be a bit uh, careful if you've got to, not careful, but if you're changing size of implants, if you're adjusting the pocket, then that does make things a little bit more involved. Um, but still, it's fine. And um, the, the smooth implants would probably want a slightly tighter pocket. Well, not probably. They would want a slightly tighter pocket than the polyurethane implants because polyurethane implants, as you probably know, become integrated with the tissues, whereas uh, silica, uh, smooth implants don't. So smooth implants, you're looking at a hand in glove fit. Smooth implants, you're looking at sort of like a, a, a fit the size of the implant, whereas a polyurethane implant, you make a much bigger pocket when you take an implant out especially if you're doing anything to the capsule, then the, the pocket is maybe larger, unless you're putting a larger implant in, which, uh, you know, would, would maybe take up that space. But uh, you might have to close the pocket down or do a little bits and bobs to the capsule, as you usually do some kind of bits and bobs to the capsule, but uh, nothing too drastic. But I wouldn't worry too much about it, Helen. Great news at Priory have given you the go-ahead to choose a surgeon and should be good. Um, um, uh, oh, here we go. Sorry, Helen's back in. We should... Uh, Olivia's here, everyone, um, but just for a few minutes, just so you all know. Um, Helen, I have 275, but looking to go to 380, 400. OK, so that's fine. So you're going a bit bigger. So, yeah, OK, that's uh, that's good in, in terms of changing implants because it'll fill up the space a bit. Sounds good. All sounds good, Helen. Uh, on paper, it should be pretty straightforward. Um, but uh, as I say, you know, it's always a bit of a well, not always a bit of a faff, but it's a little bit of a faff taking in polyurethane implants out. But I wouldn't worry too much about it. It's not that bad. So that is good. Poly and talking of polyurethane implants, my polyurethane breast implants feel hard. So um, this is something from a patient of mine who's had polyurethane implants and says, uh, and is, uh, uh, the, well, 
should we go so far as to say doesn't like them uh feels that they feel hard um and as uh, she's like a couple of weeks post-op uh and doesn't well yeah basically doesn't like them um and uh this is an issue with polyurethane implants and polyurethane foam implants are silicone implants with a foam coating around the outside and the scar tissue grows into that foam coating in a three-dimensional way and that means that when the scar tissue contracts as it always does it contracts in different directions and so it's less likely to contract around the implant and form a hard shell around the implant so-called capsular contracture so capsular contracture is a lot less with polyurethane implants because the foam uh, is a three-dimensional structure and uh, and the scar grows into it whereas a textured silicone implant is just like rough it's not a three-dimensional thing it's just a well i suppose it is three-dimensional but it's just rough as opposed to a foam matrix so for that reason for the same reason why they're good uh they're bad because the scar the more there's more scar tissue around them because it sort of grows into the foam so the implants do feel firmer than their silicone counterparts to start off with they feel firmer uh, uh, and patients sometimes don't like that you can feel the edges of them and i normally tell people it takes about a year for it to settle so it is not a quick thing so this patient's two weeks post-op and i'm like oh god it's going to take a year for that to settle so it's you know it is a tough tough uh, thing in the first year because they do sometimes not always but feel a bit firm sometimes feel the edges um so I always say to people, if you're worried about that, so to this patient, I would say, don't worry about it. Let's just push through and let's get you through this. Because when you when we're through this, you know, they're better in the long term, but it's more difficult in the short term. And for people thinking of having uh, implants, if they think they don't fancy that, I'm like, fine, have silicone implants. And then if they go hard, you can always change to polyurethane implants. However, when you do that, when you have people who have poly, uh, capsular contracture and you say, I've got these really good implants, they don't go hard. And then you put in polyurethane implants and they say, come to, back to you after a month and say, these are rubbish. They've gone hard already. They haven't gone hard already. They just feel a bit firm to start off with and then soften. So that's another important thing to be clear about um, what to expect. But uh, they're not without their issues. And so it's all about informed consent and being uh, making the best decision you can at the time. But um, push on through. Push on through. Three weeks after brachioplasty, pain and swelling. Three weeks after brachioplasty, how much pain is normal and is occasional swelling normal? Yeah, I mean, three weeks after anything is really early, really early. So I would not worry about stuff like, well, I shouldn't say I wouldn't worry about stuff like pain and swelling because obviously it's a bit of a worry having pain and swelling. Um, but things are going to be a bit uncomfortable and things are going to be swollen. And I normally say you're going to have bruising maybe for a week or two, swelling for a month or two, um, pain. Hopefully it's not pain at three weeks and I hope it's sort of like discomfort. But this surgery, it's all like tight and it feels tight and it feels weird and it feels numb and it feels overly sensitive or it feels, you know, sensation feels abnormal. Uh, and the swelling can go up and down. That's uh, people often think it's going to be like really swollen to start with and then it's going to go down. But what happens is when you first have the surgery, it's like really tight, really swollen, really uncomfortable. And then you've got your compression on and you've got your, um, you know, don't do much because it's really uncomfortable. And you say, oh, I'm not going to do anything. So the swelling goes down. And you think, oh, I actually feel a bit better, especially around the three week mark. You think, oh, you know what? I feel, I, don't, I feel good. I'm feeling good. You want to start doing stuff. Then you stop doing stuff. And then the swelling goes up and you think, oh, flipping it, the swelling's gone up. I feel really uncomfortable. That, and so it does go a bit up and down. So it's not like the swelling just, you know, is maximal at the time of surgery and goes down. It goes up and down in the first few weeks, first couple of months, really. It goes up and down. Uh, but that doesn't mean you, sh well, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do stuff. I think it's good to do stuff, but just don't overdo it. And if it does swell, that's your body saying, look, back off, take it easy. So um, listen to your body. If it's uncomfortable and if it's swelling, listen to your body, back off. Uh, and um, see how you uh, feel. But I think it is good to do stuff. So it's about getting the balance, getting the balance. But at three weeks, yes, yeah, not unusual to get pain and uh, swelling at this stage. So don't worry about it. The thing to worry about in general in any procedure which is bilateral, so when you're having surgery on both sides, is disproportionate symptoms on one side. So if one side is very painful, if one side is very swollen, if one side is very red, I'd be thinking, hold on a minute, there's something going on here. And that's when you really need to go back and see your doctor. Um, so if one side is a problem, 
then you need to start worrying if both because we often say if it's painful swollen red tender you know it could be infection and then patients <clears throat> come back after a week and say oh, it's a bit tender it's a bit red a bit painful a bit swollen and you're like yeah but it's fine and you said yeah, but yeah, those are the signs of infection they are the signs of infection but they're also the signs of inflammation and healing so it doesn't necessarily mean it's infected just because it's painful and swollen so if you're if you're worried go and see a doctor that is the bottom line if you are worried about things go and see a doctor but um the main things are it will you will still have pain and swelling at three weeks and look for unilateral signs if one size is a lot worse than the other think oh what's 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 occurring this is a biggie tech smooth versus textured implants a biggie how long you got how long have you got right well <sighs> Right, I have here a prop. This is a textured implant. Can you see? Bit rough. I haven't actually got a smooth one. Um, got one in the clinic, but I'm going here. So textured implant. So we're talking about breast implants here. We used to just use textured implants, um, and polyurethane implants are in the same group as textured implants. Rough implants, if you like. The, the, the surface is rough, and they're rough to break up that scar tissue that forms around the implant. Uh, to make them less likely to cause capsular contracture. So as I say, polyurethane is the best because it's a three-dimensional structure. Uh, textured implants are trying to mimic polyurethane by making it a bit rough to try and break up that scar tissue so it doesn't form a sheet of scar tissue around the outside. So in those terms, uh, textured implants are better than smooth implants, which are just like glassy smooth. It's like a marble, you know, um, because... The, the scar tissue forms around a smooth implant it's more likely to go hard and form a hard shell around the implant so basically when they first made implants they made them smooth and then they evolved them with texturing to try and reduce the risk of capsular contracture why the question you might say well the question is because smooth implants are coming back in now and i wonder if this is why helen's going from polyurethane to smooth because smooth implants are now coming back in and some surgeons are using them more and some countries have banned textured implants um, because of ALCL. ALCL is a type of cancer associated with implants. It's a very rare cancer. So it's, you know, obviously, oh, cancer, big emotive term. It's a very rare cancer and it is curable, uh, to put it in some perspective. So the risk of, of uh, ALCL is very low. And if you do, were unlucky enough to get ALCL, the risk of curing it is very high. Uh, usually by removing the capsule. It's a cancer of the capsule. To be honest with you, the numbers are so small, we don't really know a huge amount about it. There's a lot of research going on about it, but it seems to be related to the texturing of the of the, of the capsule, um, of the implant, the roughness of the implant. And it used to be that there were no cases with smooth. There are some cases with smooth now, but it's a lot less common with smooth implants compared to textured implants. So on that it's a bit bit like the ga in la with the gynecomastia pros and cons smooth implants are less likely to cause alcl than textured implants but more likely to cause capsular contracture than textured implants balance smooth implants don't really adhere to the tissues you can't get teardrop shaped smooth implants because they just move all over the place they don't adhere um so there are some bad things about smooth implants as i say that's how they first made them and then they evolved into the texturing and the polyurethane but they're less likely to cause alcl so a lot of people feel happier with that and that is fine but as i said it's about informed consent it is about um, weighing up the pros and cons and being realistic about the pros and cons because realistically you've got to be aware that the risk of alcl is extremely small um, but if you would feel more comfortable then you should have smooth implants I would say, uh, personally, I think we need to tell people the perspective, put it in perspective and give them the perspective of risks, because at the end of the day, we deal with risks all the time. They looked at the risk of going skiing and, you know, driving in a car. And it's similar, you know, your risk of dying from going skiing is more, going skiing for a week is more than your risk of having textured implants for life. But people wouldn't think twice about going skiing for a week, even though we know in the back of our minds there's a risk of death. It's a very small risk of death. Well, it's the same for having textured implants in. But for some reason, I think we find it easier to accept the risk when we go skiing or when we go drive in a car or if we drink 
or we, if we smoke or if we use some beds or if we or do anything really to be honest with you live you know eat barbecue food um cross the cross the road anyway so yeah there's risks with everything so it's about putting it in perspective but as i say uh, it, it, there it is an obviously an emotive thing and some people think i don't want that i want smooth fine you can have smooth but you have to accept that they were the original implants they have got some limitations in terms of the um, uh, lack of adherence with the tissues increased risk of capsicum trencher more likely to move about the good thing about them is that if they do move about because they haven't really got as much structure as a textured silicone implant it doesn't matter quite so much you don't you often don't notice it if it moves about but obviously they can't come as a teardrop shape but still um that's that's um that's a balance it's all a balance life is is life is a you know is a balance it's not really a balance but it's a um you know decision making decisions yeah so i hope that's helped you make your decision with smooth versus textured i tried this the other day in the clinic with a patient and i didn't do a very good job of it to be quite frank with you um talking about the risks of of uh, implants and you know risk of dying in the car and things it didn't go well so i've got a I hope I did a better job there, but I'm reflecting on it. I'm not trying to refine my um, my technique when I talk to patients about relative risks. I don't want you to think that, you know, there's a, you know, doom. I don't want to be a doom, doom bringer, doom bringer, doom, doom, you know, doom mongerer. But uh, it's realistic risk management. Yeah, risk management. What I'm talking about. What is going on? We got any questions, Julia? You're funny, Julia. Thank you for that. You got any questions, Julia? You you already come in with one. I don't. I'm not going to have a go at you because you've already already had the gynecomastia one. So you have had a question, Amanda. Good to see these live sessions. Good to see you, Amanda. Thank you for that. Um, very kind. Nice to have a bit of support. You do wonder because let's face it. What am I doing at the end of the day? I'm sitting here looking at the thing, and you know. Thank you for that. That's what we want. A bit of positive feedback. Um, thank you, Amanda. Look, look, Amanda and Julia and Helen and everyone, I'm out of questions, guys. I see it. I had four questions, sometimes I had 10. Been in double figures in my heyday. I got four. That's okay. Four's good. Four, is it four good? I've got to be honest, there were four good questions. So I think you'll agree with that. Um, not to mention Helen, I shouldn't, you know, Helen and Julia both both uh, chipped in. But if you've got any questions, I will be around for the next few minutes. So if you have any questions, then please ask. I will be around for the next. Um, obviously, I've got something to do a bit later on, but um, we'll be around for the next few minutes. Oh my lord, look at those cobwebs. So Khan's in the house. Hi, Khan. How you doing? We're just um just wrapping up. Oh, Amanda's got a Amanda's got a question. Weird one. Weird question. Even better. Uh, this is a weird one, but I don't know the difference between teardrop and round. What's the difference with look? That's a good question. Khan's failed. Khan, stop it. Stop it. We got some crackers in this week, right, Amanda? That's a good question, and you know what, um, Amanda? That is a good question because some people would say there's not much difference. I think there is a difference, but um, the 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 main difference. You see, what happens when you have a this is a round implant? You see, it's like dome shape. Can I get the thing right? It's like a dome shape. It's not round. It's like a dome shape. But when you hold it up, can I do this? Can I hold it up? It go, oh, I can't hold it up. It goes a bit fuller in the bottom. Does that show? No. To be honest with you, it's not really doing it, that one, is it? That's just staying round. <laughs> Depends on how cohesive they are. Sometimes they, is that going a bit fuller in the bottom? Anyway, so much for that demonstration. Anyway, that's, uh, some people say that uh, round implants, you know, gravity, they go a bit less full in the upper pole. Um, 
but the bottom line difference is that teardrop implants are fuller in the are less full in the upper pole than round implants so sometimes people say till teardrop implants give you a natural look but that is not always the case because you've got to look at the breast you got and add it to the implants it's not all about the implants that's why you've got to do this sort of stuff with a surgeon you do too much online and you start getting people saying oh round implants give you a fake look teardrop implants give you a natural look it's you can get a natural look with a uh, a, a round implant and a fake look with a teardrop implant looking at different profiles and different breast shapes and uh, it can be a bit confusing but broadly speaking it's less full in the upper pole with a teardrop implant than it is a round implant for a given base width a teardrop implant is slightly smaller and a teardrop implant has got a risk of rotation for me and in my practice teardrop implants really come in when you haven't got hardly any breast tissue at all when you we're doing reconstruction people have got cancer we always use teardrop implants because there's no breast at all so if you've got no breast tissue at all the shape of the implants really important because that is the shape of the breast when you have got some breast tissue particularly if you've lost volume in the upper pole and your breast has descended a bit then a round implant can sometimes give a bit of fullness in the upper pole and give a bit bit of projection in the lower pole and can give you a natural result so it really depends on the breast shape the projection of the implant you you're uh, choosing the volume of the implant and what have you so that it it does depend on things for me a teardrop really comes in when there's no breast tissue at all um but but uh, that's the difference it's a less full in the upper pole with a teardrop implant and the other thing i would say to you amanda people get really hung up on this stuff but i wouldn't get too hung up on it you can get good results and bad results with round and teardrop implants you know it's not everything the implant choice is not everything although everyone does worry about it i say it but people always still do worry about it try not to worry about it. if you are considering implants try not to worry about it too much for uh, because it's like as long as you get the width right and you don't get a crazy you know the wrong projection you don't get it sticking out too much you know it should be all right so loosing weight brings on challenges especially in the lady region i would like to know what can be done to loose flaps Oh, I'm quiet behind me. I hope my children didn't hear that. God. Loose flaps. Sorry for the wording. Okay. Oh, here we go. Vilma says hi. Hi, Vilma. Lovely to see you here. Julia's back in. Sorry for my wording. The vagina lips. Okay. Well, let's um, let's just you know. Gotta just keep it down a bit here because. Uh, I have got uh, children. <laughs> so, whoa. Okay. Um, right. So, the the vaginal lips are, I think, there, Julia, is the labia. Now, the labia tend not to have a big effect on weight loss. The weight loss is more the mons area, which is the bit where the pubic hair is a bit above. That's where weight loss can give a bit of ptosis or a bit of droop to the mons area, which is not the vaginal lips. It's the bit above it where you, the bulk of the pubic hair is. Um, the labia can be enlarged and that can be fixed. That's relatively simple. It's called a labiaplasty. I don't do it. Uh, but we've got um, Kirsten at the clinic. We've got a, a female plastic surgeon who does that sort of thing, um, who does labiaplasty, and that's relatively easy to fix uh, for the for the what you might call the the uh, the the, um, the vaginal hips. But it's you know call it the labia, the, the those those bits. If they are too big, and if you get um, you know chafing, if they're in the way, then that can be uh, that can be fixed. Um, but I'm not, I'm not really aware of it being a massive problem with the losing weight thing. I think usually losing weight is more the, the mons. But again, that can be the mons can be fixed as well, can be tightened, can be lifted. Uh, you've got to be a bit careful with the mons lift because you can bring up the clitoris and cause problems. But um, getting into a little bit, I uh, don't know, what, what we, we've got a watershed. We're probably a bit below the watershed. Got to be careful with the uh, with the wording. Um, oh, wait a minute. What's going on here? It's all kicking off. Amanda, thank you. I'm coming to see you soon. I also have Khan to thank, as it was this person who mentioned you and your book. Thanks, Khan. I've got Khan to thank as well. Thank you, Khan. 
Um, Julia said, oh, she's had a Mons lift. Oh, you've had a Mons lift? Okay, well, there you go. You've had a Mons lift. God, you're a pro. Um, so, okay, well, then if it is the... Um, if it is the, the labia, then that's a labiaplasty. Relatively simple procedure, uh, a labiaplasty. Um, and uh, yeah, that's something that uh, can be done. As I say, we've got someone at the clinic now um, who does that. I don't do it, but uh, it is uh, something that uh, Kirsten does. So that is, uh, she's a plastic surgeon. She could see you or you, whoever. You could see other people. It's quite, it's a relatively common procedure. It's called a labiaplasty. Uh, L-A-B-I-A plasty, relatively uh, common uh, thing to have done. So um, so Amanda's coming to see me. That's fantastic. Looking forward to seeing you, Amanda. Julia's had a Mons lift and Khan is my top fan. Look at that. Lovely comments in the comment uh, section there. So that was a good one, uh, Julia. You pulled that one out of the bag, as it, as it were. Um, hope that has been helpful. Um, I should do this again. This is hanging around for more questions. I hang around. Oh, no, I'm not going to hang around. Oh, Amanda's off. Okay, Amanda, you're off now. Uh, thanks for your time. See you next week. I will see. Does that mean you're coming to the clinic next week or you see me here next week? Either way, I will see you next week, Amanda. I will be here um, seven o'clock. Uh, and I'll also be, um, I'll also be uh, at the clinic next week and this week. Um, yeah, Julia, thanks. Yeah. Not my area, Julia, really. I think uh, I think I made that quite clear. Um, but yeah, it is it is a bit. Um, yeah, I'm OK. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a professional, Julia. I'm a professional. I think you I think you can tell that by now. And I can uh, take on these questions and I can run with them. Um, so, you know, don't don't worry, Julia. I will take on any question and uh, and, you know, I will. Uh, be able to manage it so i think i uh, i think i demonstrated that earlier so um thanks for your questions julia very very happy for uh for, for you to ask me any questions and uh you know what we put this on on youtube and they keep on saying i uh sort of go on a bit can you believe that i can't believe it myself but so i've got to maybe try and be a bit more succinct uh, reflect on that and try and be a bit more succinct. But uh, yeah, thank you, Julia. I'm going to now end the broadcast. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to finish it. I just got to have a good ending. I've got to think about a good ending. I know what, that's all I've got time for. Should I say that? I've got, that's all I've got time for. Uh, it's not, I could stay as long as you want, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, that's all I've got time for, folks. Thank you for watching. Thank you for visiting. And I'm going to uh, end the broadcast and I hope to see you next week, seven o'clock right here get your questions in and i will answer them or you can ask them ask them live no more ramblings broadcasting ending thank you have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag ask jj we'd love to hear from you